You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. Hello, Daniel, the naturopath. I want to talk to you about certain uh, allergies, you know, very well known gluten um, and dairy, uh, to pick these two. Um, a lot of these allergies come from industrialization, come from uh, monoculturing, from the soil, from different types of deficiencies that are found, which are creating less robust products, in products, and when we fortify them with, you know, all these fake vitamins. And so we say we keep getting in our trouble, and then we try to get out of the trouble. And so, um, but to start off with milk, um, I also had have dairy sensitivities um like i can get away with eating dairy it's not a problem especially if it's good quality but um but in general i notice it can slow down the healing of my thyroid my thyroid was you know in a state where it was really um much worse off before and and then i was able to kind of heal that um uh, through nutrition and through understanding foods at a deeper kind of more esoteric level and and a few other things, homeopathic constitutional remedy, and, you know, it was many different combinations. I also did use, you know, natural um, pig thyroid and, um, you know, pills from, from Vietnam where the pigs are fed properly, not soy fed. And um, just, you know, it took me a while to get off of those pills, but uh, I was able to come down. And so I feel that you know, now that my thyroid's healed, I can partake more in dairy products, but I realize that it's more about frequency. So, you know, every so often I'll go for ice cream, you know, of high quality, or I'll make it myself, um, or, um, you know, maybe monthly I'll prepare kind of like, you know, uh, curds and whey. Um, and that seems to be that the best solution of all of them is, is homemade curds and whey. Um, another one would be custard. Um, you know, sometimes the allergies come from the lack of a colloid structure. It's like a protein is sticking to the surface of the, the gut. And so this colloid structure, like eggs and milk, the, the magic of these two culinary um, sisters, I guess, um, creates more, an easier di- digestibility for e- each molecule, the milk, the lack, you know, the milk and the, um, the egg protein. They're both uh, easier to assimilate through the magic of, of cooking. So um, I would say that curds and whey, homemade, and um, maybe acidic type of kefir type liquid type of yogurt, um, not liquid, but I mean it's a little bit more liquid than like a typical yogurt. Um, butter, and then if not, ghee, grass-fed ghee, and, um, maybe Emmental, which is like a real true Swiss imported cheese that has a lot of holes in it. They're not artificially put in there like a lot of American brands. They're like created through fermentation. Um, those, these are kind of the base cheese products that work for most people um, because they're the most ubiquitous in different cultures. And, you know, the fermentation, for example, in the Swiss cheese, like imported true high quality Swiss cheese, um, you know, that's, that fermentation helps our digestion. That's how we are able to digest it easier. You know, it doesn't taste as, there's less of the animal, I guess you could say, you know, concentrated.
it's spread out a little more, and so the body has less to fight or overcome. The body does have to destroy what bring, what it brings in, so it has to have the power to, to, I guess you could say, technically destroy that animal. And if it can't, then there's more residue and things that remain and start to have problems, but um, deposits and stuff. So um, now, um, where is the origin of a lot of these problems? I don't know. There's a, quite possibly that vaccines are to blame for a lot of our allergies. I mean, if you read, if you've ever been able to get a hold of proper vaccine boxes and read ingredients and, and check the actual ingredients of things, no longer anymore because they, they kind of hide certain aspects. But you'll see egg proteins and, and wheat proteins. You'll see all sorts of proteins mixed in with the vaccine, you know. And so you're always a peanut, like just strange things that you're like, what? And so I feel like this is what's caused a lot of our allergies um, at a, such a deep level. Like the body just like it was encoded as, a, as an infant. And so it, it's almost like whatever magic they're pulling that it's really powerful because <laughs> once you're you go through this as a baby then it's hard to just convince the body otherwise so they kind of know what they're doing i guess um but you can't overcome a lot of it um and so uh, making the curds you know buy like four um half gallons or you know whatever of milk and throw them in some sort of stainless steel enamel pot and just let them sit or glass bowl or whatever, but let them sit for two or three days. And so it becomes like gelatin, you know, and then pour it into like an organic pillowcase, uh, organic cotton pillowcase, and just let it strain overnight, hang it over a pot and let it strain overnight. Um, and then you have this amazing yellow-white curd, kind of like popcorn-looking curds. It's so, it's so delicious and with all the fat and everything in there and the butter. An interesting thing about it is it's one of the only times that in American, the American market, you'll be, I have raw butter because it's impossible. It's very difficult to find raw butter in America. And it's important to have it maybe on a monthly basis, at least because of the stigmasterol, which is a, you know, a compound that they find in only in raw butter, which helps with, um, like, um, flexibility, and joint, um, uh, movement and suppleness. And so, it's good to have um, for that feature, um, and most Americans can't find this type of product. Um, but you have to make it yourself. That's the thing: is you can't really buy it. There is possibility to buy some some versions of it, but you, it's harder to find in typical areas. Like you go to like a Russian shop, maybe Euro shop, you might go find farmer's cheese, which is imported from Latvian soils. Poland, different soils around the world that are probably more rustic than ours, definitely more rustic and definitely more, um, you know, darker soils. And um, and this is going to allow for probably a better um, better product in the end as far as le less allergenic. And, uh, and they'll do like these kind of little ricotta farmer cheese looking things. It looks kind of like a form of ricotta, a little balled up kind of, and you can get them at different levels of fat. I usually get the full fat if it's from the right soil, and then if it's from a bad soil like the, the, the New York brands or the Amish brands, like that the soil may not be as good as European soil, um, and especially Eastern European soil, um, then, you know, I'll, I'll get the low-fat version and add my own Devon cream to it or something to, to because the low-fat version 
it's funny because a lot of the, the estrogen lacing properties of the milk in, in bad milk, um, you know, they feed them soy and all these other stuff, and these types of pulps, these canola pulp, and, you know, and they're all fed in there and they don't talk about it because it's 5% of their diet or whatever, but legally. And, but these all change the, you know, they don't need hormones and all this animals. Uh, there's all, they're so proud to, to say that there's no hormones in meat and all this. Well, yeah, because they figured out how to do it naturally with soy and stuff. Um, so just finding the right stuff is really important, the right soil, etc. Or you can make it yourself, like I said, through raw milk. And high iodine raw milk would probably be the best. Um, I know that there's like, I think another way you could maybe overcome some of the deficiencies of the iodine, the milk that is weak in iodine, maybe through um, vanilla. It's a little more expensive, but if you can, this is one way that you could bring that iodine into the milk to a certain degree. Um, and they go great together, you know. So, like, I mean, one of my favorite butters in France was, like, this iodine butter. You know, it was basically vanilla butter. And it was, like, so delicious. It was, like, you know, they put a little bit of sugar to kind of make it go all, you know, sell better. But it was amazing. And um, so that's it. So you just leave it. And then you strain off the whey. You can put the whey in jars. Keep a little bit of the whey for the next time you make it. It might not take three days. It might take... A day and a half the next time because you start it up with the ferment you know a little bit like a, a glass or a wine glass of whey thrown in there just to get it started sometimes you can also use that trick to make it sweeter like it'll have a very sat like acid taste in, to a certain degree like in a general way if you start from scratch but whenever you add the whey um combination of adding whey and putting in the fridge at the right time to not let it get too acidic and and so you can get closer and closer to a sweet cream sweeter cream um i know the amish uh, would traditionally put the cream in baskets in the river and it would just swirl around in the river just sitting there floating keeping cool and this was a great combination for the right temperature the right everything to create a very sweet cream you know that didn't become too acidic but I don't mind acidity. I don't think it's the it's a it's a really acidifying type of acidity um, in the body because of the nature of calcium being so present. Calcium buffers a lot of that acidity um, if it's not inflammatory because of the allergen allergenic you know possibility. So this is the least amount of allergy you're going to find through dairy products and they are important of course butter is important and then some people use ghee and then some people that really need to stay away for certain windows therapeutic windows to heal like you can use goat ghee or other types of ghee that come from other animals um you know and uh so that would be my recommendation or kefir you can buy kefir grains and make your own dairy products um you know like a little thin kind of yogurt that's like acidic you know um and, um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty much the best way to go with it. Um, and then sometimes you have to stay away for a while, you know, test things out, let your body kind of move away even for months and then come back. You know, there's certain types of tryptophan, serotonin, things like that in the milk and the cream. You know, I used to buy these Devon creams and just like mix them with pistachio paste and kind of like, you know, honey and sugar, whatever it was. I was making my own little pistachio ice cream, you know. But, um, and, but 
you know, the problem is, is that it's all about, you know, this tryptophan, this serotonin, these elements are so readily present in that cream. And so it does help with sleep. It does help with recuperation. There is something positive about it. Um, um, but you know, it's, you also have the digestive system and everything else. So maybe finding the right frequency. Like I've found that, you know, a little cream here and there for the, for the, for my ice cream, you know, do it yourself or finding a really proper place, which is very hard to find, you know, cause it's hard to get this A2 milk, you know, it's hard to get milk that's coming from these smaller, more rustic races in Jersey and all this stuff. So you got to kind of seek that out yourself. Even Jersey cows are not all A2, you know, like here in the States. And I know that the Devon cream is totally A2, um, but you can also import, you know, creams from all over. I mean, now there's stuff from Whole Foods and French and different different areas. But try not to go local when it comes to certain things. Local's great for some things, but it's really stupid for others, especially at this phase of our development. You know, with FDA running, Monsanto running the FDA for 50 last years at least. Like, we'd have to be silly to think that our soil and everything else could just be in any good shape. So we have to be careful and get things from the right soils. And then of course, when you do, um, when you cannot eat those products, any of this higher calcium, but healthy, you know, using nature to ferment and create that calcium availability and all that stuff. When you don't have that, you have to increase those same items in your diet. Um, some good ideas for calcium outside of that would be, you know, broth, you know, making your own 24 hour broth, um, using bones and everything else. Um, maybe some pig's foot or veal foot, which you can find in Asian markets as well, as long with, you know, the carcasses and everything else. But, um, and then also another good source of calcium, you know, herring, herring is an amazing source of calcium, especially if you can get whole herring, but even if you can just get however you can get it, try to avoid any of the soy oil and canola oil, carrot herring, try to find sunflower oil only. And if you have to get it in vinegar sometimes, then, you know, maybe re repackage it yourself into olive oil and let it sit for a second and just, so it's not so acidic. Um, but those are two elements. Of course, you have all these, like, you know, Brazil nuts and pine nuts. These are amazing, too, for calcium. But I really try to focus on the animal foods um, as far as seafood, and, you know, um, like, um, well, you know, a lot of the zinc from oysters and different types of shellfish. But you also have a lot of calcium, too, um, there. And uh, I don't know, for vegetarians, I mean... I know that seaweed tartare is pretty popular. It's not just for calcium, it's mostly for iodine, but um, that's a good one. Another amazing one for vegetarians that no one will tell you about is um, ajo blanco, which is a Spanish recipe. And they take these, you know, Marcona almonds and they smash them up like kind of like hummus, like in a type of, you know, machine or whatever. And, and then you mix in olive oil and bread, you know, preferably a good bread and, um, you know, like sourdough from the right soil. Like I said, you can find some of these breads at Russian shops too. They import, you know, these kind of rye and different types of breads, but some people like a more white bread for this application. Um, so, I mean, it makes it look right, you know, 
So, and then you mix that with, um, uh, what do you call it? You mix it with a little bit of garlic and olive oil and maybe some water. I don't know, um, but it's an amazing recipe. It's like pure calcium. It tastes like hummus, but it's like pure calcium. And you can also use it for, um, you know, soup. You can water it down, add it to soups, and it's, just, it's a really powerful product for vegetarians. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's pretty much a lot of different approaches you can use with milk and, and how to overcome it and how to find the right frequency in cooking. I mean, custard is one of the most powerful milk products out there. It's just milk and eggs, you know, a little bit of sugar, you know, coconut sugar, you know, whatever. You can put a little bit of coconut flour in there too, just to dry it out a little bit, maybe make it more, you know, like, more, not sponge cakey, but a little bit more solid like that than typical. But uh, really powerful stuff, you know. Um, uh, just it's the nature of all tissues. It's this, this fat soluble vitamins and calcium put together and makes it much more digestible. It should be in the life of cycle of every child, you know, custard. <laughs> Using the best eggs you can find, of course, meaning soy free eggs which is hard to find. You have to usually order them online. Um, luckily, some people have access to certain farmer's markets, et cetera, that they can find them, but most farmer's markets you cannot. I mean, if they're about six bucks, five bucks um, uh, a dozen, then they're not the right one. I mean, they got to get closer to eight, nine, ten dollars a dozen. And you're like, oh, it's too expensive. No, it isn't. It's the right price point for eggs in this world. I mean, in America. Because otherwise you can't overcome the soy feed and the corn-based organic glyphosate. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but organic glyphosate, corn-powdered supplement, which goes into the supplementation part of all of these, um, you know, winged animal foods. I forgot how to say that in English. Belay? I thought they say it in French, but... Um, and um, so chicken, duck, and everything. And so this is this is uh, taking away from, you know, this is adding a dimension that you don't want in there. So soy-free is usually the best bet um, as a keyword to find these eggs online. Glyphosate-free as well. Because some people are starting to realize, they start, they start analyzing this stuff. I'm like, how is glyphosate in there? I'm, I'm perfect on my, I just use this little supplement at 5%, which is part of what, the USDA wants us to use um, because they still control the monopolistic farm system. They still have control on all of it, you know, so we're getting around it, you know, they've got all sorts of excuses for why it's supposed to be that way. Um, but so um, do it right and heal yourself and use products that nature intended understand the the depth of those products and the richness of those products is where we should have been aiming our energy not in the multiplication of billions of different ideas and products and all these millions of supplements and vitamins i mean we really could have aimed in a different way at just improving eggs and milk and, and water and air and meat and just these little we could aim there and boy we had exploded the, the nutrition so we're in the reverse world now so Hopefully that can help some people get out. Thanks.